Keys with it. Man, He's gone to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rubs his nose. Yeah. What about to McCullum, Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. He might try and slide one in there. Fast. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today, big effort from the fellas. It's New Year's Eve. We've uh, managed to sneak in some time pre-schooners to get this podcast done ahead of a big double game week with the Sixers and Renegades. We've got last year's champion, Tom O'Aitken. Tom, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, fellas. I'm joining you um, on holiday today down at the Gold Coast, and you just can't escape BBL because I happen to be staying in the same place that both the Sixers and Renegades are staying at. How about that? Mate, huge stuff, Tomo. It's, uh, we'll put you on a bit of a reconnaissance mission to find out a few bit of team news. If you can find out for us if Noor Ahmed's going to be playing, that'd be huge. So sneak into the contaminated zone that you're not allowed in and uh, find that one out for us, please. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Good stuff, mate. Also joining us is the Supercoach Spy. Spy back from a little bit of a spell. How are you, mate? G'day, fellas. Yeah, nice and fresh. Had a must be a few rounds off now, been pretty busy. Um, but all good, watching plenty of cricket, plenty of sport on at the moment. It's absolute feast, which is good. Um, but, yeah, we can get stuck into some chat, and I'll let you know, Tomo, who to kneecap for me once I decide on my trades <laughs> for this round. <laughs> Nice, fellas. Uh, Tomo, mate, how is the side tracking? We are recording this uh, just before the final game of round five, which I think is the Strikers and Scorchers, um, so keep that in mind. But, mate, where's the side sitting? Um, what's been going right? What's been going wrong for you? Yeah, sure thing, mate. So coming into this round, I think I was about 660-ish. Um, as we speak today, I've got three more to come. I've got Captain Rash tonight, so hopefully he can go big. I've got Ty, who's picked up a couple of wickets last game, and I'll have Mitch March as, as well to come, so if he could score some points, and if Captain Rash could go big after a few other captain choices haven't gone as large as people anticipated, that would go quite nicely. Um, looking at this round, I recommended my article not picking up Sean Marsh before we showed some form. He did show some form, but he showed a lot of form when he made 67, so that was a bit of a cross for me. Um, across, I brought in Narby a couple of rounds ago. Against the Thunder, he was poor, and that was a cross, but he was better last game against the Sixers, chipping in with some runs, didn't reach that magical 20, but picked up a couple of wickets too and probably could have bowled some more overs. And across, as I brought McDermott in, for a bit of a cash grab as much as anything. Um, he was opening the batting, which looked good, but um, didn't make many runs times two. Tick, I think a couple of ticks have gone right for me lately is I had short captain last round when he went big, not with a bat but with the ball, and then I'd moved him on – or sorry, I'd moved the captain armband on to Rash coming up, as I said, so I didn't have Darcy as captain this round, which is good. Holding um, Rash was good because he did everything we expect from him, a bit of a batting cameo, taking wickets, doing things in the field. And the last sort of one I'm pretty happy with this round is I brought in um, Richardson from the Renegades, took two wickets and was pretty economical against the Sixers. So they're my sort of ticks and crosses this round. Nice, mate. And whereabouts are the side sitting? 
Um, about coming into the round was about 660-ish. Uh, I'm not sure. It probably depends how those three fellas go tonight, Khan, Ty, and Marsh, whether I'll move up and down. So big game for me tonight. Yeah, huge, mate. Uh, on track for a potential title defence, mate. Bit of work to do, but you're hanging in there, so good to see. And Spy, mate, what's the update on you, mate? How, how are the boys going? Mate, it's been classic cricket this year. It's very up and down. Um, I've been, I feel like I've got a lot of 50-50 calls wrong over the last week or two weeks, which has been disappointing. But I've started to come back around a little bit over the last three or four days. Um very lucky I held Rashid. I sort of wanted to hold on to him regardless of whether he played or not, but last round when he ended up getting through that hammy injury and, and I think he tunned up, that was very nice. Darcy Short's been up and down. He's been Darcy Short typifies my super coach season, actually. There's been some really nice moments mixed in with some absolute duds. Uh, he's not in good form, Darcy, but... You know, you know he's got it in him. You know he can hit 100 at any point. Uh, I did captain him last night, expecting him to bowl four overs again after he tore up the heat, and he only bowled buddy two. Uh, none for eight, mind you, after getting a duck in the first innings there. So that was pretty disappointing. But I did bring in Sanger from Thunder. Um, I sort of needed to make a bit of money because my side, my team value wasn't great after sort of chasing some – some big, some big heavy hitters in the in the previous rounds. So it was good to get Sanger, but my other two trades were Ollie Davies and Daniel Hughes, who combined for a total of four. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no way! When you're chasing money, that's not ideal. They'll probably end up making nothing. But I guess on the positive, they won't lose money. So that's something because I just I couldn't afford to lose more cash leading into the back half of the season. Um, and I do I did sit Hughes on my bench as an auto-emergency, so I didn't get his score. Hopefully he can deliver for me next week. And Ollie Davies does play the the double game week in a couple of weeks, so still time for those boys to re- repay the faith. Um, I've got a heap of guys playing tonight, Rashid Khan, Salt, Weatherall, Mitch Marsh, and AJ Tyre, so I need a big performance from a few of those boys. Um, overall, I'm sitting 5,000th. It's been a bit disappointing. I opened up with week one, I was sitting 2,000th, and I was hoping to push into that top 1,000 pretty quickly. But as I said, I've just nailed a few things or reverse nailed a few things. I just haven't got a few 50-50 calls right. Um, it's just left me languishing a little bit, but plenty of time to go, boys. And uh, look for – I've stacked my side now with guys with upside, so I'll be chasing. I'll be coming hard. Yeah, that's the way, mate. It's um, so there's that's it. Plenty of time sorted out. Now you're lingering around the top there, so it's not too far off the money, mate. The Kuma Stallions are a side on the rise. We've had a, a pretty epic couple of rounds after a very slow start. Um, you talk about just a game of luck, and, and a few things go your way, a few things don't. Felt like everything went against the mighty Stallions the first few rounds, but uh, managed to crack a thousand points in round four. I was ranked 154th. Um, so that propped me up into 5,000th, as I said, after a, a bad start. So, And then I'm on track for about eight to 900 this round as well, pending how tonight's sort of games end up. So I'm hoping that can sort of lift me into the top sort of one to 2,000 and, and be among the top contenders and be thereabouts. Uh, what's gone right and wrong? Phil Salt last round, I think he had about 96 for me. Batted really well and looked awesome out there. Um, I've held him for one more week, so I'll have him in tonight's game just to get that price rise. Had Maxi as skipper, had Short, Khan, and played Ollie Davies when he hit those five sixes in a row, which was unreal. Uh, fortunately, I had Davies as my AE this round and didn't have to play him. And then just got, well, I'll call it what you like, I'd call it luck probably, but just really got my trades right this week. 
I brought in Sean Marsh over Aaron Finch. Just I needed that little bit extra money to do the rest of my trades. Marsh went big. I was able to loop him uh, with Pfeiffer from the Heat. So I'll get his double captaincy points this week. I brought in Mujib last round and got his five for last night, which was big, big points. I brought in Basley as well at the Heat. He looked awesome with the blade and with the ball as well. Again, it's just a bit of a cash generation thing. I didn't play him, but um, a handy man to have there nonetheless. So um, it's all, all good signs for the Stallions after a pretty tough start. Here come the Stallions. That is some red-hot form. Yeah, 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 waiting for, yeah, waiting for it to go wrong. But we, we all know in Supercoach, you enjoy the highs and lows and you ride them all. So I'll enjoy it while it lasts and hopefully, yeah, hopefully get a good jump out of it. Hey, let's get into just a very quick topic before we get into our previews of the Renegades and Sixers being on the double game week. That's what everyone wants to know about. Um, so we'll, we'll look at both of those sides in depth, drop a few bold predictions for the week, recap last week's bold predictions, uh, and then we'll wrap it up a little bit shorter today because I said that the schooners are waiting. It is New Year's Eve. Um, fellas, a lot of questions about... How many is too many plays for this week's double game week? I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer, um, but people do want to know roughly how many to target. You know, is it four? Is it eight? Is it nine? Is that too many? Um, And one thing we need to consider as well is the weather. There is a bit of wet weather around the nation for the upcoming round six. One that could be affected is the Renegades game tomorrow night, which kicks off the round. I think there's about a 70% chance of three to 10 mils on the Gold Coast. Um, so, you know, if they lose that game to rain by chance, all of a sudden there's a side not on the double. I'll start with you, Tomo. Mate, how many is too, ma- too many for the double and how many are you looking at having? How many is too many, eh? I think at the moment I'll have seven. Um, I think, as you said, it's hard to put a number on it and there's no completely right or wrong answer. But I think if the weather is okay enough, I think you want at least five or six. Um, because you can trade out three straight away. There also might be one to two there that you might want to keep because they're going to make a bit of cash for you, or they have that good point scoring potential and it might be silly to get rid of them straight away, like a Dan Christian or a Richardson from the Renegades. Um, I think in terms of who you'd want, we just said, and I think it's a good point, that the Renegades, especially tomorrow, there is a chance that 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 game could be heavily rain-affected. I think the Sixers are scoring well at the moment because teams that generally score well in Supercoach are doing well in real life. You know, they're scoring more runs, they're taking more wickets. I suppose that's what's the pleasing thing if you're a Renegades fan, but also from a Supercoach perspective, to see them have that great competitive game against the Sixers. And we saw some good form for some key players. So to answer your question, if the weather is looking okay enough, I think I want five or six at least. I'm probably going to have seven for my side. What about you, boys? What have you got, Spy? Yeah, nice, mate. Set, sitting 600th for yourself and with seven for the next week, uh, that's a great spot to be in, buddy. Um, I've actually – it's been a funny one for me personally. I've I had to do a few things around money and just balancing my side after going hard early. So I'll likely only have four for the double round, which makes me a little bit nervous. So I'm kind of hoping it rains tomorrow night to help me out. <laughs> But um, I think somewhere around the six marks probably ideal. If you've got six, seven's nice if you've got it. But as you said, if you've got around six blokes, you can trade three out straight away the next week and do what you need to do. So somewhere around that's good. 
maybe five to seven is the answer. Four is probably a little underdone for myself, but I'll just sort of hope that the other guys that I've brought in can make money um, and score some points to make up for that. So I'm not too worried. I prefer to have five, but four is okay. Um, as you said, there's three trades a week. You get them every couple of days, so you don't worry too much about it. And having guys on the double is always good because it lowers their floor and um, means their ceiling for big points is huge. So I'd probably be around that six mark. Something about that is good. Yep, like it. Uh, and the beauty of it is I've got six as well at this stage. And the beauty of it is that the Renegades, which is the worry with that double game week and the forecasted rain, they do play the first game of the round. So we can watch the radar, see what's happening with the weather prior to that game before we make our trades, uh, which is really, really important. So if there is rain around, you have to pull back on your on your Renegades players, maybe target a few extra sixes players instead. Um, a big one is Noor Ahmed. You know, if, if he's a bloke who I don't think he'll play this game, but now that Tanvi is gone, it means that uh, Tahir, should I say, now that Tahi's gone, it's a chance that he'll play, but they still do have their three internationals at the moment, the Renegade. So I'm not sure Ahmed will be available for the double, but keep an eye on it. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on the radar prior to tomorrow night's first game. Fellas, a question from Alex Favotto. He asks, who are the four or five guns you are keeping in your team regardless of double game weeks for the remainder of the season? Uh, and it may or may not be four or five. I've found three that I'm looking to keep for the season, potentially four. Tomo, who is there anyone guaranteed to stay in your side throughout the season or is it all just week to week for now? Um, look, it's just got to be week to week because I'm looking at my side and, you know, I see Darcy Shorten there and I think he's probably a um, hold for the season just because he can go big. But, you know, he has had a few disappointing rounds, so he's not someone that I'm absolutely going to lock in. Um, I think Khan, for me, looks like he's going to stay for the rest of the season. I think Glenn Maxwell, for me, will stay the season. I think Dan Christian looks like he's going to stay the season for me. So they're the three that look like they're going to stay the season, but everyone else, you know, could be traded. Yeah, mate, Dan Christian is the enigma of this season, which is funny because it's like Christian, one of the most reliable veterans in, in the Big Bash competition. We've seen him for ages. Um but, you know, does he bowl his overs? How does he get to bat every week? You'd think you'd go close to it. But if the top order fires, you know, how many overs does he get? He's the one I'm really tossing up with and obviously one I'm strongly considering getting in this week for that double. But, mate, yeah, to say, to say you're, you're pretty content on locking him in for the season to be cool. Yeah, well, you just got to ride that roller coaster, don't you? I mean, he can, he's, can bowl. He seems to have that knack of taking wickets. They use him at the death pretty effectively. He comes in, not every game, but, you know, he's a good chance of coming in during that power surge. So his role's all right. It's going to be a roller coaster. Some weeks he's not going to score great. Some weeks he's going to score, you know, fantastic. So, look, I'm happy to stick for him with the time being. <clears throat> nice, mate. Um, Spy, what have you got, mate? Any guys that you're locking in? Yeah, I'm like, at this stage, I'm reasonably happy with my side. Um, there's a few guys that have been up and down, but you've just got to remember that that's cricket. Not everyone's going to score well every match. It's so easy to get a duck or get bowled third ball, even if you're one of the best batsmen in the competition. Conversely, bowlers can have an off day or a bloke drops catches off you. This can happen. So in terms of my side, I bought in Mitch Marsh last week really cheap, and now that he's back bowling, I think that. I think that I'll just have to keep him because I love him. He's, he can go off with the bat. He bowled really well. He can score 
this might be dramatic, but I could see him scoring 200 Supercoach points one day and hopefully it's when it's in my team. <laughs> uh, I also love Wildermuth now that he's batting higher up the order, so I'll probably keep him in. And then Rashid Khan and Darcy Short, I think just given they're not worth – if they're worth like $260,000 and losing some form, maybe you could sell them at a premium. But at their price, I don't think it's worth selling them. So I'll just keep them in my side. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they continue to deliver tons, even if it's every two or three weeks. Um, outside of that, I'm giving a long leash to David Milan, the, the new Pommy fellow that's come across. He looked really good last night. Um, and I just want to really lock him in and hope that he goes big for me at some stage. But – as Tomo said, it's week to week. Supercoach is a ruthless game. After saying all that, I could drop all five of them if they give me a reason to, but that's who I'm eyeing off at the moment to keep. Yeah, just watch a word of warning there, Spy on Wildermuth, who did bat at three last night, but I think Joe Denley's going to come in and bat that number of three roles, so I don't think it's going to be full-time. I reckon it's going to be temporary, so just something to monitor, I suppose. Yeah, thanks, mate. I'll definitely keep an eye on it, and to be fair, I don't even mind him at five or six, though, because he can come in and play that lower-order role and hit a quick 25 runs, which, as we know, can be huge for super coach points, but that's a good example of how quickly things can change, and if I need to get rid of him, then I definitely will, mate. Too true. Tomo, when Denley does arrive, or I mean, he's arrived, he's done his quarantine, I believe he's available for next game. Where do you see Wildermuth batting? Will he drop to four or do you see him dropping a little bit further down the order? Well, I think from memory he was batting at um, number five around about that early in the season. So I think he's more a middle-order player. Uh, Chris Lynn we know is out for an extended period. So I think he'll drop sort of that to that middle order. And even Pearson's come in and batted pretty well and, Basley's come in and batted well, so there could be a few changes around there, but somewhere in the middle order looks like his sort of role to me. Yeah, like it, fellas. Hey, guys, if you're not in our Unlimited League yet, it's not too late. Uh, the SC Playbook Unlimited League, Unlimited Group, I should say. The code for that is 968821. We've currently got 12 of our group members in the top 100, which is a pretty huge effort. Leading the way is The Threat, coached by Stuart, who's in fourth place overall. Quick little shout-out to Adam Stiles, the late mailman uh, over at the NRL Supercoach Talk crew. Uh, he, he was ranked the top of our group a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't realise it was him, but he's on fire with boys to men. Dropped down to 23rd, but still thereabouts. Uh, we do have our subscriber prizes and non-subscriber prizes as well. The top-ranked subscriber to beat all our contributors – wins tickets to a BBL game in their home state of choice next season, uh, and then we'll throw a jersey of your favourite team in on top of that. Um, And for the top-ranked non-subscriber, we'll get tickets to a game of choice in their home state, uh, which is pretty cool. So jump in that. We will close it off in the next probably round or two to make it fair um, for people jumping in too late. So jump into that. Uh, If you are interested in our subscription package, it's $20 for the Big Bash package, $40 for Big Bash and the upcoming NRL season, which will be about nine months' worth of content. Um, jump on that, check it out. Plenty of extra content each week, access to the subscriber special podcast, which is Q&A and all that sort of stuff, uh, and, of course, it gets you in the running for the, the extra prize in the Unlimited League. Lads, let's jump into our analysis of the Renegades and Sixers. We'll start with the Renegades. Um, hot property this week, obviously. I know in my side I'm looking at having more Renegades players than Sixers. Tomo, start with you, the Renegades. I suppose, who do you own already in the side? Uh, and who are the guys that you're looking closely at buying this week? 
Sure thing. I've got Nabi and Richardson in my side. And for those listeners that don't have Richo, I would get him in this week. He's there, clearly their best bowler on the double. He's taken the most wickets for them so far with nine and five matches. Bowls at the start, bowls power surge, bowls at the end. And he's the only bowler when I look at the Renegades lineup that I know will bowl there for. So from a bowling perspective for the Renegades, I'd be getting him. I already have Nabi. Um, if I didn't, if I wasn't an owner, I would start to think about bringing him in. Um, we saw a bit more of his potential last game when he made those quick runs and hit a couple of big sixes. He almost reached that golden 21 mark. Um, that catch from Dorsius, by the way, because I was there, I don't know if the TV showed it, but that went so high and the clouds were so dark and you could not see a thing. So that catch was just unbelievable. It's a shame that it stopped him getting for 20, but it was a cracker catch. Only the two overs last game, but did get the two for 11. He sort of, in some respects, plays that similar role as Christian does for the sixes in that he's that pinch hitter that will come in towards the end and look to accelerate. And he's that sixth bowler, I think. But he'll always get overs because just look at their lineup last game. They had Evans, Hatsukoglu, and Sunderland. And I don't think they're always going to bowl four. So those two I'd look at. And then I think you've got to look at the Renegades top of the order as well. Um, Finch and Marsh, I'm not an owner at the moment, but I've got to strongly consider bringing them in. They've both found some touch. They've got that momentum rolling. So you could see some big scores for the double. If I could only have one, I'm not sure about you boys, if I could only have one, I'd probably go slightly leaning to Finch. March may have got his big score last round. Finch, I reckon, still got one on him. But they're the four that I've been looking to make my trades around Renegades wide this week. Yeah, mate, you you pull uh, you put together your guns to target and avoid article for us this morning, uh, another Ripper read, and I know you mentioned you found it hard this week to find guns to avoid. You, you were pretty happy with most of them, but you did have Riley Rousseau in there as a player to avoid. He scored a few runs two games back, had 84 supercoach points, 37 points this week. Uh, he's a guy you'd be avoiding. Yeah, just not one. Batting down the order, which isn't necessarily a majorly bad thing, but you know, just when Finch and Marsh were in, starting to find some form, you think one of them, or if you own both, ideally both of them, might occupy some major time at the crease, and you know, you can't have them all. So, in terms of batting, I'd rather pick the two openers than Rousseau. <clears throat> yep, all good shouts, mate. Hey, Tomo, give us your thoughts on Will Sutherland, and I'll, I'll get the Spire's thoughts because he's got a few strong ones on him. I brought in Sutherland last round. He got belted around with the ball. Um, he's sort of batting at that 7-8 mark with it. I mean, the big factor in Supercoach is that he does have the double provided he gets picked, um, but he's, he's very cheap at around that 70-75K mark. Is Sutherland on your radar at the price or not? Look, price is good, and he got a feel for the young fella after last game. You know, as a Sixers fan, it was great that it gave us opportunity, but he just got a feel for the young fella. Look, he's never going to be great economically, but, you know, he does have the potential to jag a wicket. And, you know, Philippi did get away for a few early, but there was a few streaky edges and things in there too. Look, he's not the worst shout because he's not going to be too expensive. I'm just the position enough, I think, with my bank that I'll be able to target other players. But if you're tight for cash, he's on a double. I think his job security is still okay. So it's not the worst. Yeah. 
Spy, I'll shoot over to you, mate. Uh, give us your thoughts on on the players you're targeting from the Renegades this week and give us your quick thoughts on Southland. You, you thought that his position might be in a little bit of jeopardy. Yeah, Southern is an interesting one. I had a look at bringing him in this week. Just as you said, at that price, he can offer a fair bit of value if he's taking wickets or making runs. I did jump on, though, his record. He's only a young fella, so you can't expect miracles early, but his record's not very good. He's not very economic. He's not taking a whole lot of wickets, and he does bat low. So it just concerned me that if you do bring him in, yes, he can offer value if he can get a few wickets, and he does bowl his four overs more often than not, but... There's also the risk that potentially they rest him or drop him after after last start. The poor bastard copped a hammering in that last over. Gee, I felt for him, but um, that's cricket, and obviously he'll get better from that. But I'd just be concerned that, yes, he might be really good value in terms of money, but you might not get much out of him either. So the upside is there. I'd just be wary, and I think it's the kind of bloke I'd prefer to go up, up to someone like Mitch Marsh or there's a few guys in that early 100,000 range. Um, but in saying that, if you can't afford anyone else, then I have no major issue in bringing in Sutherland, but I wouldn't be rushing to grab him and definitely check team list before you do that. Uh, I agree with Tomo on Rousseau. Uh, he's a good batsman, but he's, his opportunities could be limited at times, so especially with Finch and Marsh sort of battening down the hatches a little bit at the top of the order, trying to get them some momentum for the gates. So I'd probably steer clear of him. Sammy Harper's another one who's interesting. He's not bad value and he keeps, but... Sort of, I think I prefer others. Uh, he, he has the potential to go off Harper. You just got to hope it's in these two games if you do grab him. So it's a bit of a roll of the dice there. Guys, I'm actually targeting. I definitely think Aaron Finch is a huge buy. I wanted him this round and I avoided it for price reasons. I was hoping he's going to drop and I was pretty nervous he was batting very well. Um, but luckily got caught on the boundary, I think it was, so that was a blessing for me. Um, he'll be coming straight into my side at a really reduced price, and he's the kind of bloke who finds form. He can stay on your side or you can move him on after the double if you need to. Agree on Kane Richardson. He's a star. He's been a wicket-taker for years now. He's just a class bowler. Can occasionally hit him with the bat, but don't bank on that. Uh, the only issue is money. He's obviously reasonably expensive, so you may need to drop back to someone cheaper if you can't afford him. But if you can get him in your side, I think you definitely do it. Shawnee Marsh looked pretty good last match, didn't he? And he's very cheap, so he's the kind of one for people in a position like myself. Obviously, you've only got the three trades. One will be Richardson. Sorry, one will be Finch already, and then you've got guys like Richardson, Dan Christian, some other fellas. Can you also fit Sean Marsh in? Uh, probably going to roll the dice there. If you already own him like you do, Timo, you're laughing. Um, but it's going to be a tricky decision for this double coming up. And there's plenty of other guys as well. Is Josh Layla back? Was in bowled well last night. You've got Nabi. He's a great player. Um, Hats Hatsoglu, I don't know how to say it, but if he gets named, he's he's a dangerous little cheapie as well. I'd prefer him over Sutherland, but he may only bowl two overs. And, again, he may not, may not get named. So it's all on team lists. Just check those team lists. Check the weather. Um, there's such a plethora of options here, but for me it's Finch and Richardson are the big two for the Gades and probably closely followed by Narby. Yep. You're spot on, mate. Uh, just those final team lists and weather leading into that game, being the first game there, and it's huge. So if you're serious about your super coach, you need to be watching that prior to the round starting. Um, and if there is a lot of rain around, you know, it's not the worst decision to either go extra sixes players um, or avoid these renegades guys if they do look like potentially only getting one game. But, again, we won't know until tomorrow night. I was quite lucky with my, my Marsh VC loophole in round five. It's obviously finishing up tonight. 
because the games overlapped in the first game of round five, I think it was, it was that game and the Thunder and Stars game kicked off about an hour into it, I was going to put my VC on Nabby, but I, because of the toss, I needed obviously Nabby was more more likely to get his points via the ball. So when I can't remember who won the toss, but the Renegades batted first and they needed to know what was going to happen. So um, I ended up flipping it to Marsh, who went nuts, got 87 points. So again, as I said, the highs and lows of Supercoach. Class play um, that. Absolute class which, there from Timo. He's got a role. Um, and then, I mean, similar thoughts to you fellas on, on the Renegades. I think they're, they're a bit of a concern because of the poor form they have shown. They hit a bit of form in their last game despite getting done by the Sixers. But I think the guys you want are pretty well standouts. Richardson, I think, is a must-have this week. Um, Nabi's obviously got to popular, be popular. I think Finch at the price is going to be pretty close to a must-have. And, and as you said, Spy, Marsh looks a good go this week, but... You know, you can't have everyone. You don't want to be overloaded with Renegades. So, you know, if you can squeeze him in, happy days. But of him and Finch, Finch is the guy I'd be going as well, despite the fact that I went uh, with Marsh last week. But I'll be looking at getting Finch in this week. Tomo, let's shift over to the Sixers. A uh, few things going on there. Jason Holder is done with his quick little stint with the Sixers. So do not be tempted by him. He scored 88 points this week. Um, so there's sure to be people getting him in and then realise he's not playing, which will be a huge blow, but hopefully they're listening to the podcast. Um, mate, who are the guys you already own at the Sixers and who are the guys you're keen on? It's hard with the Sixers because we've spoken about it before, but there's such a balanced lineup. So it's, there's not there's a lot of players who can go big on their day, but it's hard to predict who the stars of this Sixers lineup are in Supercoach. So, mate, who do you like? Yes, my mighty Sydney Sixers. Um, look, it's a bit of a cop-out, but as we've said, they are have a lot of depth and very even. So any bowler except Menenti are options, and if you chose to trade one in, I don't think anyone can really knock you. You know, O'Keefe and Dorcious lead with eight wickets, I think, so far, but Christian and Brathwaite have chipped in with wickets too. That versatility and that depth means it's hard to predict who will get four overs. And we've seen with the way they schedule their bowling, even if you bowl well for the Sixers, you may not get your full allotment of overs. Last game Steve against O'Keefe. The, yeah, exactly. So Steve O'Keefe against the Stars when, you know, most Sixers bowlers are going the journey. Two for 13, it didn't finish. Christian mm. last game, Renegades, two for 19 off three. So, you know, Dorsch just doesn't always bowl his four, and he's a very, very good bowler. Um, so... Any of the bowlers, if you choose to bring one in, I don't think anyone could knock you at all. Uh, maybe a slight leaning, because I've already got Christian and Felipe, but a slight leaning to Dan Christian and Brathwaite, who I think will get elevated one more spot up the order, because they will get or have a chance of getting more batted, batting points compared to some of the others. And then even, I think, with Holder leaving, I'm pretty sure um, the big bowler, Jake Ball, will come in. He's someone I'd rather have a look at first and see how he adjusts because we've seen some other English imports come in like Jax and Briggs and Salt who have taken their time. But, you know, Salt and Briggs are now hitting their straps. Um, could be a good pod. But, yeah, for me, any Sixers bowler is a viable option. What do you think, boys? Yeah, I'm interested um, – all good shouts. I'm interested on your, a few more thoughts on Brathwaite because – He's around that 150k mark, so he's a little bit of an awkward price. You're paying big money for a guy who should bowl but should get his four overs in, could get a chance with the bat. 
He's averaging around about 50. Uh, his last four scores have been what was he, 48, 70, 62, 55, and just had that six to start the campaign. Mate, how closely are you looking at him this week? Uh, from my perspective, pretty closely. Because um, I said I think he'll get elevated up one. And the way I'm sort of thinking of it, he's got four chances or four blocks of 20 overs in the double to chip in and make a bit of a difference. So if he just does a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit in each of those four 20-over blocks, it's going to add up to a reasonable score. So uh, a little bit, you know, pricey, but I think I should be able to make it work. He's one I'm looking at closely, not for anything amazing, but just chip, 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 chip each of those four 20-hour blocks and hopefully makes a decent enough score. So, yeah, having a pretty close look at him. Nice, mate. Spy, what have you got for us? Yeah, I fully agree with Tomo on the bowlers. I was going through their side before and I just listed all of them as options. Uh, exactly what he just said is spot on the money. So if you want to have a crack at them, um, go for that. But it's hard to sort of split them uh, ideally and make make a rankings order. So for me, I have a look at this and I really do hope it rains at the Gold Coast tomorrow night now because I don't own any renegades, which means I could load up on sixes. Um, Dan Christian just keeps getting the job done. And I'll tell you what, he's actually probably, this sounds weird, but he's almost probably underperformed Supercoach because I think a couple of those innings is where he got out early batting. He could easily have gone 30 or 40 quick runs, which is big points. So I think if you own him for these two games, he's going to bowl twice and bat twice. There's bulk points on offer there. So I think Dan Christian will be on my side regardless of what happens at the Gold Coast and the Renegades match. He'll be one of my trades. Carlos is someone, Carlos Braithwaite is someone I was not keen on at all to start the year, but he's been good, hasn't he? Um, he's just consistently scoring points, which means for a double week, if you want to bring him in, he's probably going to chip in. He might get 100 for you. So I don't mind that. Dan Hughes is someone that is in my team already. I brought him in, as I said, just to make some money. Um over a two-three-game two, period, and then I can sell him on after that. So I'm sort of hoping after his failure the other night, he's due to get back amongst the runs. Looked really good. Nearly, excuse me, nearly scored a hundred in. I think it was Perth the other night. So happy to have him on my side for the double game week. Um, outside of that, the big question for me is: I still don't own Philippi after death riding him to start the year. It's gone pretty well for me actually, apart from the one game. But he looked in reasonable touch the other night. So if I'm going to go with blokes like Kane Richardson, Dan Christian and Aaron Finch, it means I'll be without Philippi again. Am I mad or I just keep rolling the dice? What do you think, Wes? Look, I'm in a similar boat to you, Spy. I'm I'm trying to work out which sixes to go with. And I actually, despite the sixes being a far better real-life Big Bash side, that the Renegades probably having been in poorer form and having some cheaper options are taking my interest. But I'm really concerned about the weather tomorrow night, um, among a few other things. And another major consideration is if you if you want to have a crack at the VC loophole, which you absolutely should be having a crack at the VC loophole, is the Renegades play in the first game, the Sixers don't. So, I mean, as it stands, I don't have any Sixers players in my team and my trades come into this week where the only bloke I was probably going to bring in was Philippi along with two other Renegades, which would have meant, you know, I wouldn't have a, a terrific crack at that loophole. Um, so I'm trying to work out how to muster all that at the moment. And one guy, Ed, is Philippi. I'm on the fence because I still own Alex Carey 
And, and I really like having Carey in my side. I think he's a, obviously a gun bat. I think he can score well. So, mate, I'm trying to decide if I if I brush Philippe as well and stick with Carey. Tomo, can you make a case for dropping Philippe? Uh, sorry, not having Philippe, or is he a must-have? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I'm still going to back my boy in, but he's still been like he was a tad scratchy and a bit lucky against the Renegades with some drop catches or some that didn't quite go to hand and a bit of streaky edges. Then you look at the scorecard and he's almost still made 50. He's made 48 off 30. So it's a pretty reasonable strike rate. I think if I have to sort of think about it and explain it, at the start of the season, when you looked at around six double for the strike, not for the striker, sorry, for the sixes, it was like, I'll bring him in. You've seen his form and he's against the Renegades both times have been, well, the first time was outstanding, the second time a bit scratchy, and he hasn't done much since. I still think you bring him in, but it's not as obvious as you thought it was going to be a month ago. I'd still back him in, but it's not as obvious. And he's, if you don't have him, he's not exactly cheap, is he? What price is he currently? He's 170 at the moment. He had a break even of 125, so by the end of lockout, he'll drop down to around about that. He'll probably drop about 15K to about 155. So, you know, you're still playing t- pretty close to top dollar for him. You are. I'm, I've got him, so I don't have to really consider it. But for those that don't are considering bringing him in, um, I think I still would. You did mention Alex Carey, who, you know, he's he's a good player, but he hasn't scored maybe as much as um, people would have hoped. The wicketkeeper position is not a position of strength. So the fact if you've got someone on the double, it's pretty enticing, isn't it, really? Yeah, Matt. And so, I mean, yeah. Oh, sorry, just to explain to everyone listening there, the reason I'm so scared about not owning Philippi is because he's owned by more than 50% of super catches out there. So it means if he does go off in the double, I'll be left hanging behind quite a lot. Whereas if, on the flip side, if he fails twice, that means the majority of super coaches will have got nothing out of him. And what makes it difficult is I might have to make a decision between him and Dan Christian, for example. And the way Christian's playing, it makes it almost tricky to bring in Philippi. So that's the beauty of Supercoach, though, and hopefully whatever call I end up making, I'll get it right. <laughs> mm, yeah, the, the way my trades are looking, it'll be um, – I definitely will be getting Kane Richardson this week. And then I, I had Finch and Philippi, which, as you said, means I can't have someone like a Dan Christian who, who's a really, really good – or a Brathwaite who are great vice-captain options um, to try and utilise that loophole. But then if I keep Philippi – or plan to get Philippi, and then I go Christian as well, that means I'm not getting Aaron Finch. So then all of a sudden you're going, all right, I don't have Philippi. Sorry, I've got Philippi, but I don't have Aaron Finch. Who can go bonkers? He's the Australian ODI skipper. It's it's hard decisions to make, um, and, and there'll be plenty of tossing and turning between now and then. So anywho, hey, let's jump into – oh, actually, before we do that, just quickly, Tomo – Anyone else that's taking your eye for this week that you're looking at maybe going a bit of a pod play teams outside the Renegades and Sixers, or will it be three of those players for you? Uh, unless the weather is extreme, it's all Renegades and Sixers for me this week. How about you, Spy? Yeah, I'm, I've only got one one on the double week, so definitely just Renegades and Sixers, and I'll reassess things um, after this round. Yeah, I'm a bit the same as well, fellas. If that Renegade game gets rained out tomorrow night, and it's very speculative, there's every reason that it'll go ahead and be all okay. It's not as if there's mountains of rain forecast um, I'll reconsider, but at this stage I'll be going all three from them sides as well. 
Fellas, let's jump into our bold predictions for round six. <clears throat> we'll recap our bold predictions from round four. Last podcast was around four, five, uh, double. So we'll do – it was four, round four. Going back over them now, there are some seriously bold predictions, hence the reason that there's a lot of fails in it. So in context, Mujib last night for the Heat took five for 15 and had something like – and I think he got a bat as well and he got – what, 157 points or something. So Tomo had Sam's 125-plus, which was a fail. He had Worrell to get two-plus wickets, which was a, a rare tick. And then he had Philippe to get 50-plus runs, which was a fail. Fish had – Fish's guesses were, like, outrageous. He had Nubby 120-plus, fail. He had Nathan Coulter-Nile 150-plus, fail. And then he had Philippi to get a single-digit single, single digit super coach score, which was a fail as well. So, crook as. I was no better. I had Aaron Finch, 80-plus fail. Adam Milne, 80-plus fail. He was about 73. And then Tim David, who I was death-riding uh, to get under 15 points, which failed because the bloke is an absolute weapon. Um, and he's been coming in the, not lower order, sort of middle order for the Hurricanes. It's been in exceptional form. Um, let's jump into this week's. I've reined mine back a little bit because I need to start getting a few right. Tomo, start with you, mate. What have you got for us? Yeah, we'll keep them bold, eh? See if we can have some more luck. Uh, I reckon round six, this is the round we see an opener make 100. I've got a feeling that one of the top holder batsmen will go big. Um, Hobart versus Melbourne Stars, perhaps one of the Hobart openers or the Melbourne Stars openers I can see going big. Brisbane versus Sydney Sixers or Perth versus the Renegades, lots of Marsh and Finch openers will be hoping that they go big. So I reckon we see a big 100 from an opener, 100 runs. And my other one, I reckon the theme of this round is it's all rounder time. So across the two games, Narby, Christian, Braithwaite, I reckon one of them goes, because they both got two games, I reckon there's a big 200-point round for one of the all-rounders. So openers to go big, and it's all rounder time for me this round. What about you, boys? I like it. It's it's very bold, but it's uh, it's achievable, and I like your idea with the uh, the opener going a ton to an opener as well. Exciting, uh, Spy. What have you got? Okay, I'm just changing this on the run a little bit, but let's go. I think Dan Christian will get the most comfortable hundred plus supercoach points you'd ever see across two games. He'll just cruise to it, even if he doesn't play well. And if he does play well, he'll go 150-plus. But put down Christian for 110-plus comfortably. Across two games? Yep. So that's it's a, not real bold, spy. Mate, just bear with me. I'm loading up here okay. as I go. Second okay. one, Aaron Finch, 150-plus across two games. Is that okay? Yeah, I'll pay that. <laughs> better. And Mitch Marsh on the single game week, he will get 100-plus. He's due. Like it, like it. I've uh, gone a similar sort of vein. Uh, I think Finchie is due to go big, so I'll go Finchie to score 80-plus runs in one of his two innings. Uh, Richo, who's going to be super popular, obviously, to go – he'll get five wickets across the two games. And I just I like what Wildermuth's doing up at the heat at the moment. As we said, he may drop down a little bit in the order, uh, but his bowling is four overs, looking pretty well. He's looking very sharp, I think, with the pill. Uh, and then chip in with a few runs as well. He'll score 85-plus super coach points. Let's hope that we get a few more successes this week than last week. Lads, we've spoken a bit about it already, but what are your trade plans for round six? Obviously, they'll chop and change, and we're still making a few decisions. But 
who are the guys you're looking at trading out and who are you looking at getting in? Uh, I'll start with you, Tomo. Me, um, trading targets for me for the upcoming round, Finch and Marsh, obvious, looking to get maybe both or at least one of them in. Brathwaite, I'm having a very, very close look at, as we mentioned earlier, and then any other six of bowler that I don't have, so Dorcious and O'Keefe. So I'm pretty confident that my three ins will be one of Finch, Marsh, Brathwaite, Dorcious or O'Keefe. I have a little bit of a bank, not a huge amount of cash flow, but a bit. So players that could be on the way out include Ellis, McDermott, Bartlett, and I don't know, maybe AJ Ty, depending on how he goes this evening. So they're sort of names that I'll play around with in terms of my trades. Yep, good stuff. A few, few decisions to make there, obviously. Uh, Spy, what are you doing? Yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of calls to make at this stage, so I'm not 100% sure, but I think at this stage Dan Christian will come in, Aaron Finch will come in almost definitely, and I'll be trying to fit in Kane Richardson as well if I can have money allow it. It just depends who I'm going to drop and what I do from there. But at this stage, uh, Dan Christian, Aaron Finch, and Kane Richardson, the big three. Nice one. Uh, I, at this stage, going into this round, I had Finch, Richo, and Philippe locked in, but – uh, the fact that I, I, I'd prefer to have a crack at my VC loophole with an all-rounder like Dan Christian or Brathwaite, uh, and listening to you boys, you, you've just about convinced me that I need Dan Christian in my side. Who I flick for him, I'm not sure at this stage, but uh, if I were to go with either of only Philippe or Christian, it would mean I'd only have one Sixers player and far too many Renegades to my liking. I think it would be five, so I may be thinking uh, I, I cut possibly Aaron Finch, but I, I don't know. I really want him on my side, especially after that prediction. So we'll, we'll few decisions to make. I've got a lot of – I've got a fair bit of value in my side. I've got my cheapies pretty well right, so I've got a bit of money to work with. Um, at this stage, I was going to be trading at Alex Carey for Philippe, but that's on the fence a little bit. Phil Salt, who's done a good job, or he did a good job last week and hopefully gets a few runs tonight, will be out as he peaks in price. Uh, and then I'm going to have to move on another gun if I'm going to afford all these fellas, especially if Dan Christian comes in. Tomo, your skipper and your vice captain for this week. Sure thing, mate. Renegades first up. Um, so they'll be my VC options, and obviously the Sixers will be my captain's options. Tough for the Renegades playing the Thunder first up, who are just low-flying and going fantastically well. Then some, perhaps some more point-scoring opportunities against Perth. So I will be, depending on who I bring into my side, VC will be one of Marsh, Finch, Narby or Richo. I'd be comfortable putting the VC in any of those fellas. Um, Captain Sixers play Brisbane and Adelaide this week. So I think that has the potential to generate more points compared to the Renegades fixtures in terms of toughness. Um, you know, Philippe could be a captain option, probably not as popular as I anticipated at the start of the season. You know, Brathwaite and Dan Christian, as we've alluded to, you know, um, four chances across 20 overs to chip away and make points. So they're the captain options as I see it. Yeah, very good. Uh, I just realised that in my head it made sense, but I've said a couple of times on the show that I want six in as VC options this round. They play the third game of the round. What I meant to say was I want sixes in as captaincy options, uh, meaning Renegades would be my vice-captain option. So do not be tricked by that one. The Renegades play first, the Sixers play in the third game. So they'd need to be double game week captaincy options. Uh, for me, at this stage, it'll be if I do get Dan Christian in, I think he's probably going to be my captain. 
and then I'll be I'm thinking Kane Richardson as my vice captain, and if he scores well in the first game, I'll be utilising the loophole straight away. Uh, Spy, what are you doing? Yeah, very similar, mate. I'm, I'll probably have a crack at Finchy as my vice captain, weather dependent tomorrow night, and then into Dan Christian as my skipper. I'll only have two sixes uh, at this stage, so it's either him or Dan Hughes, and with Christian bowling and batting across two games, happy to have him have him as my skipper. Uh, one thing that would happen if it if it is raining tomorrow night and they don't look like playing that match, then I'll probably end up bringing in three sixes to my team which means I could go early on a vice captain like Darcy Short or something and then make a decision on my skipper come Saturday night on the sixes because it could be any one of those. But I think Dan Christian at this stage, boys. Yeah, if that uh, if that rain does come in tomorrow night, it's going to throw a massive spanner in the work to trade plans, captaincy choices, all sorts of things. So uh, as I said, I've already got a few renegades, so hopefully it doesn't, but keep a close eye on it. Tomo, mate, thank you very much for joining us on New Year's Eve. Big effort from both of you. Uh, you're on holidays in the Gold Coast. Cheers, mate. No problem. All I need to now is source a bottle opener and I'm ready to have a couple of beers and I'm sure I'll be in close contact, being close to the ground. I'll be on weather watch for you tomorrow before the first game. We appreciate that, mate. Yeah, I'm about as excited for a beer as Warney was after the 2015 World Cup final at the moment. Dead set. Spy, thank you. Cheers, boys. Tomo, just YouTube how to bottle open, open a bottle with a butter knife if you can't find one, mate. It'll do the job for you. And <laughs> ears, boys. And really quickly, just because I forgot and I, I don't want to miss out on this, James Vince for the Sixers is really bloody cheap. If he's opening in the double game week, he could be worth a shout. Cheers, boys. Have a good weekend. Uh, have a good night and enjoy those tinnies. Mm. Good way to wrap it up, Spy. Great call. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.